What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 50.0. Uh, we are continuing our year of the role-playing game uh, with another role-playing game. Um, and uh, tonight, or today, whenever you're listening to this, I have with me Matt Quinn. Hello, friends. Does that make this our golden episode? Game 50? 50, maybe. Could be. This is our 50th game that we've covered on Phoenix Down. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, the the game that we're going to be playing is actually a game that was suggested to us by Jay Lee, who works for the website. Uh, he reviewed it and said it was fantastic. Uh, it is a game called The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. Um, I can't get it through my head to say the word trails. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's Trials of Cold Steel. Trials of Cold Steel. I always spell it Trials on accident. It's, it's about 50-50. Every time I think of this game, it's Trails or it's Trials. Yeah. Well, see, it, it's hard because I don't know the story behind yep. The Legend of Heroes. It's a long-running – yeah. Or the lore or anything. The long-running – it's a long-running series that started in the 80s. Um. And I think the first Legend of Heroes game was actually a sequel to another long-running series called Dragon Slayer. I think there was a game called Dragon Slayer, colon, The Legend of Heroes. And then this series spun off of it. So I guess neither this game nor that other series was very original with its naming. Probably not. Dragon Slayer. That sounds about as prototypical fantasy as it gets well back in 1989 that might have been you know revolutionary for video games at least the fuck is a dragon yeah but um i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no um so yeah uh, legend of heroes i have heard of this series before um with with jason gambus khan talking about uh trails in the sky which is the the series that came before this one, I think there was two or three games in the trails in the sky series, um, which takes place on in this world. Like, and I think around the same time. Yeah. And um, well-regarded games too. Yeah. The, the, uh, from what I understand, the trails in the sky takes place on a different continent or a different, it's a different kingdom and they've always regarded the kingdom that takes place in Trails of Cold Steel as the enemy. Which is a little fascinating because I've read book series where multiple books span multiple areas within a given world. And I know those game series exist, but I don't think I've ever really explored that. Where you might keep revisiting the same world. As far as book series goes, no. I mean, of course, there's always been games that's kind of like that. Um, Yeah, that's weird. I mean, I've I've honestly never done that. I've never played a Legend of Heroes game before, so. I mean, I guess it's most analogous maybe to the Elder Scrolls games. You know, different continent, different area. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome, too. I've just never dove into those games. So that's the thing is like I've never I've never looked at a map of the world of Elder Scrolls. I don't even know what the name of the world is, 
But um, after Skyrim, I decided to take a look at like a map, and I was like, okay, well, there's Cyrodiil, and there's you know Daggerfall and stuff like that, and and they kind of all combined them together in uh, Elder Scrolls Online. But um, I was I always found that kind of interesting that oh, we're just this is just what happens on this in this country or on this continent kind of thing. But like I said, I had I know nothing of the Legend of Heroes series, so I like. Hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to get Jay to email us in and, and kind of elaborate a little bit since he knows a lot about this series. Yeah, he's basically the reason I got amped up for it. Well, yeah. Completely. A- after his Game of the Year discussion, yeah. I don't know what it is, but he basically sold me on everything he said. <laughs> yeah, he said that the like the, the, the characters are really drive this um, this game. And he said at the end, when we beat this game... That we will be dying to play Trails of Cold Steel 2. So uh, he says leaves it on a pretty good cliffhanger. Mm. So I, I definitely want to get to that. And so far I have to say I'm actually kind of enjoying this game a lot. Um, yep. But the, like just the, the, quick, the quickie is this is a, a Japanese role-playing game. Um, turn-based role-playing game. Um, and... It reminds me a bit of the um, – as far as the combat system goes, it reminds me a bit of the Neptunia games, like the Hyperdimension Neptunia games and stuff like that. Now, the only reason why I say that, and I don't like that series at all, but the only reason why I say it is because that's the only game that reminds me of that, where you have a battlefield and you have to worry about are you close enough to the enemy to run over and hit it kind of thing. Yep, it's no enchanted arms, but but I, I do dig the whole placement yeah. requirement. It's sort of hybrid SRPG. And the the magic and skill system is totally Final Fantasy VII's materia system. You're you're dropping gems into your Arcus to um to basically give yourself magical abilities. But then there's a ton of other systems involved. Like there's just regular skills. There's arts and then there's crafts. crafts. Arts and crafts. Yeah, arts and crafts. Arts are your magic abilities. You want to shoot water blasts at somebody, you can do that depending on what you have equipped. I can't Uh, help but think of, what is it, Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore with the arts and crafts. (laughs) But my my fingers hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. Yeah. Good news. Arts and Crafts has been extended by four hours today. (laughs) Uh, They're making quilts so you can sell them. This is high quality shit we're talking here. (laughs) Damn it. Thanks, Ben Stiller. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, um, with the arts and uh, our, your magic stuff, crafts are actually character specific where it kind of just uh, it all revolves around what they use as far as a weapon goes and they, there's different things like so so people have different roles uh depending on what your party is and so the story begins actually in the future some yep. some stuff is going down um somebody is attacking the capital i think sure uh and our main characters are trying to fight that that force off who are using robots 
Um, and it, it kind of, that little sequence ends with, uh, these cannons firing when they weren't supposed to, and something really bad's going to happen. And then it cuts to, Oh, is this five months earlier? And it shows our main character going to his first day at a military academy. Yeah, I think I'm a little over that as a way to introduce a game. Why do you say that? Because to me, that reeks of if we start them at the beginning, they will be bored. Not in a story sense, but because you could tell us, you know, you could you could show the intro to a game in a cinematic. To me, the reason that this game did that was to show you all the cool stuff you'll get to play with. Yeah, but, but you gotta wait twenty hours to do it. That that was what was crazy because I I kind of got that from it was the whole man I am completely like sensory overload here with like all these different bars I got to worry about and all these uh, tons of abilities that I have unlocked. I'm like, wow, this is nuts, and I'm already like level thirty something. Yeah, prior to you learning how to use any of that stuff. Yeah, and it's just fine. It's not terribly complicated, and you yeah. are overpowered enough. You don't need to be that precise. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. Cause they, they kind of just give you a little taste of what's to come, which I mean, I, I guess in a general sense, that sounds like a good thing, but to me, it sounds, seems a little like a lack of confidence. Right. Well, I don't know. I, it seemed fine to me. Imagine if persona four did that. Imagine if Persona 4 started out with like you know a scene with them fighting something in the in the television world and then it cuts to oh five months earlier. Yeah. That'd be kind of nuts. Especially if you didn't yeah. know what Persona 4 was about. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing is I still can't tell if, how that plays. I mean, I guess that all, it all depends on 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 your quality as a storyteller. If, if you're going to go ahead and say, here's what you're building up to, you really need to, I think, make it mysterious, intriguing, uh, and then that way, you, you know, your first 10 hours of the game or so are basically, man, I wonder how this gets me to where I just was. Right. Well, that's the thing is like my question is when seeing that was like, is this going to be the end of the game? Like, will we make it back here and like, oh, I remember this and we're at the end of the game? Or will this be like the halfway point and we see what happens afterwards from there and continue playing? That sounds more satisfying to me. Yeah. Reveal the mysteries, figure out what that beginning meant that I didn't know what it meant at the time. Yeah. And then satisfy me by fucking – Figuring out what the implications of that, those actions were. Right. Let, let me let me revel in those repercussions. So, um, but I have yeah. no idea where this game's going. But I don't either. I think like some kind of country war, maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, we we cut to five months earlier, and it is showing our main character. Uh, who is a guy named Reen Schwartzer. Uh, he is going into this new uh, military academy that's... Um, it's been around for a long time, like 210 years, I think. And it was established by one of the the, the great rulers 
of this uh, kingdom. Um, and um, I I have to mention first the setting. So the setting is weird. It reminds me of Valkyria Chronicles. Huh, that's funny. I was like, I don't. Maybe it. Maybe it's too obvious to bring up, or maybe it's just that I'm not digging deep into it. But I'm like, this feels a lot like Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, well, it is. Um, because I to bring that up or not? Because it has fantasy tropes as far as monsters and magic users and stuff like that. But then they also mix technology in there along with almost like steampunk kind of. Yep. yep. Um, so it, it, it gives off this feeling of if this took place in Europe in like the 1910s, 1920s, if electricity didn't really take off, it's weird because there's guns, but then there's a lot of people that still use swords and bows yeah. and arrows and stuff like that. But there's there's a character that totally uses guns, and it's it's interesting how they handle that stuff. And it, it's 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 a weird setting that I've seen in a lot of Japanese like anime and and games before. Um, it's almost like this alternate reality, nineteen ten, nineteen twenty. Yeah, I very much expect like airships to just come by. I'm not, sh- not like fantasy airships, but like blimps. Blimps, yeah. So I have a feeling we're going to see those. But um, but yeah. So uh, uh, but yeah, when we get introduced to our main character, who is Reen Schwartzer, he um, he he seems like the main protagonist of pretty much any role playing game. He's Kind of, um, he, he's the just person. Uh, he wants to do the right thing, kind of thing. Um, and he doesn't like to, to get into much trouble. Um, and he's good natured, kind of thing. Uh, but we do learn a little bit later on that he, he may be hiding a few things from people. Um, yep. which, which I find interesting. Uh, but he starts at the academy. They have the whole introduction to the academy, orientation, stuff like that. And then they decide that they're going to split up into their classes. So there's different classes for each. No sorting hats involved. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they he notices that he's all he, he they gave him a red uniform, uh, and there's people wearing white uniforms, people wearing blue, I think green as well. Uh, and those represent your different classes. Um, and he, they all, you know, combine together. Uh, and they're in one of the smaller classes. Um, and there's only nine people. Um, and they are known as Class 7, which is uh, something that is new to this academy. What's the name of the academy for the life of me? I can't think of it. Thor's. Thor's, that's it. Thor's Academy, Military Academy. So this is a military academy, I should mention. Um, and um, the class seven, there's always only been five classes. And everybody's like, well, what happened to six? Why did you skip six? Like, they don't ever say. Um, but their instructor uh, is a woman named Sarah, who is like this really carefree person who's like, ah, don't worry about it. We, we got everything covered kind of thing. I'm yeah. going to get drunk. 
Yeah, she does not care. She's she's just like, you guys got this. Don't worry about it. You guys got this. I'm going to go get drunk. Yeah, I'm going to go get drunk. She goes and drinks all the time. She She's like – because it, it, she gives off this vibe of like somebody who is fresh out of college who got a teaching degree and now is teaching high schoolers. So they're like 25, 26 yeah. years old and they're like, ah, yeah, I'm still kind of – Young at heart, and I'm hanging out with high schoolers, but I can drink, so I'll see you guys later, you know, kind of thing. And was maybe pretty good at what she did. Yeah. I feel like I feel like she's highly competent, but with no drive. Yeah. So she's kind of skating by on, on sort of maybe what she did when she was at Thor's, assuming she went there. Yeah. Which I, I, I assume she did. I don't know if they've said that or not. I don't know if they said it or not either, but I, I, that that's the impression that I got. When she graduated from Thor's and then said, ah, I'm just going to be an instructor. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they they divide up all the classes, and they, they didn't let anybody know about this as far as the Class 7 goes. Um, they told them, well, you guys are part of a new program called Class 7. And what they have done is something unconventional, which is normally – because uh, uh, in this empire that they live in, um, it's very class-based as far as nobility and upper rich people class, and then there's the commoners. And Thor's usually puts the upper class people into a class together and the commoners into a class together. Class seven's different. They combine those classes together. So... You have rich, pompous kids mixed in with your average Joe Schmo kid. Um, and it kind of shows in some ways. There's a little bit of animosity between two people originally, yep. um, which I'll just go ahead and get in. I will name the people who are from Class 7 because – I feel like we're going to spend some time with them. We are most certainly going to spend some time with them at different times. Get to know them. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of, in this sense, it slightly reminds me of Persona. It also reminds me a lot of, uh, Danganronpa actually, mm. because there's in, in Danganronpa, everybody had their own personality and you got to learn who they are a shit ton in Danganronpa. Um, and that's why I was, it kind of intrigued me when I saw this. So, um, <clears throat> along with Reen, our main character, um, he, uh, is introduced to his first kind of buddy that he'll be hanging out with, which is Elliot. Um, Elliot's kind of a, I wouldn't say shy. He's kind of a, he's, he's wuss. that, well, I wouldn't say wuss either because he can actually hold his own. He's one of those guys who's, who doesn't want to get into any type of trouble. So when you got, you got three guys hanging out and two of them are like, let's go, you know, I don't know, get into some mischief. He's like, guys, we don't really need to do this. You know, I don't know. The teacher may be around kind of, he's that guy. Um, but he kind of takes a liking to rain right away. And so they kind of hang out with each other. Um, there is also, uh, oh man, I got, I got headed up here. <laughs> okay. There's a girl named Alyssa R. Alyssa R. Yeah. Nobody knows what her last name is. She's keeping it a secret from everybody. Uh, and, um, we don't really know why, uh, Reen has a bit of a problem with her to begin with. And it was kind of annoying because they wouldn't shut up about it. 
Um, yeah. the, the classical trope of, oh, no, we fell, and uh, she landed on top of me, and then she got embarrassed and slapped Reen because how dare you touch me. And then Reen was like, dude, relax. I, I caught you. Yeah, you fell on me. Yeah. Uh, so Alyssa R., she uses a bow and arrow, I should mention. Um, Elliot uses a uh, magical staff. It's a... Uh, uh, it's not orbital staff. It's a, is it orb, orbital staff? Orbital. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of orbital in this game. Uh, that's basically their source of energy. So can't help but think of Roy Orbison. <laughs> he would have loved that staff. But uh, <laughs> but there's tons of orbital stuff. Like there's a orbital radio and orbital lights and all this other stuff. So it's kind of like their source of energy. Instead of using electricity, they use horrible stuff, which comes from these crystals. Um, and it, it kind of revolves around magic as well. It's their hand-waving magic things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look to me like they're going to explain it. I, I don't think so either. I think it's just... This is this let's world. go along with the story that all of our magic comes from orbals. Yeah. It comes from these... What is it? Sepith? Sepith? Yeah, Sephith. Sephith, right? Yeah. Um, it's um, which it is like these type of crystals that have different types of elemental powers in them. So red has fire, blue has water, kind of thing like that. Um, there is also in the class seven, uh, Laura Arlseed. Uh, Laura Arlseed is um, actually a noble. Um, she comes from uh, a long line of nobles in fact her father is um he was a renowned swordsman uh they had a nickname for him but i can't remember what it was called um the radiant swordsman was his name they yeah they all called him that uh he was a he was a skilled swordsman he was a, he was a good general i think he was a general in the army mm-hmm. uh and they appointed him as kind of like a a director or a, a noble of sorts as a ruler of some type of providence. So she is the daughter of him. So she is a noble. I kind of like Laura so far. I do too. Um, she comes off as every once in a while, she'll have a tinge of pompous to her, mm-hmm. but I think it was just her upbringing kind of thing. Uh, and she doesn't know any better. And at this, but at the same time, she's very um, earnest about a lot of things. Yeah. Every, every, everything in some way reminds me of Stargate. So I like that she's, to me, the female version of Teal'c because she's very much trying to be calm, very calm all the time. She wants to be extremely rational but not overthink things. She wants to basically be powerful but peaceful, and I like that. A lot like uh, Mr. Spock. Yeah, minus the physical aggression. Well, that's true. I'm sure she could. She, she well, she is the first person to have the uh, the S break, so she she can be a badass. Yeah, I mean she is, but Spock's not. Yeah, Spock can be a badass if you don't watch it. <laughs> he can do that fucking you know the Sneaky Spock. Yeah, yeah. He, he, the, yeah, the Vulcan death grip or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next uh, person in the in the, the class is a guy named Usus Albaria. Albrea. 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 There you go. Thank you. Uh, and Eustace Albrea is also a noble. In fact, his father is actually one of the dukes 
uh, of the the four great great nobles nobles or something like that. Yeah. His father is one of the the top rulers of the kingdom. Um, it's one half of the biggest. Uh, I don't know. Kitten fight. <laughs> yeah, he he he's he is a very um. He he comes off as a as a pompous prick. Yep. He thinks he's better than other people. Um, originally he didn't come off that way to me. Yeah. But then after talking to him a little bit more, I'm like, wow, this guy does think he's better than a lot of people. And it's hard for me not to associate that with Oxford since that's where I'm staying right now. Okay. To, to me, Oxford University would pump out these guys. Oh, wonderful. I mean, that obviously that's a completely – I don't know anybody from Oxford. Everybody I know here moved here. But you know, the, the way people talk about this university is interesting. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the person, so he he's part of the animosity in the group. The other part of the animosity in the group is a guy named Machias Regnitz, who's my least favorite character in this game so far. I actually like him. Uh, I think he's such a prick. He, he's a, he's a prick, but I feel like he is one of the most fleshed out characters in this. And the reason why is because we it's revealed um, he is not of noble blood. But his dad is actually a governor yeah. of, of a of a area, um, and that that was kind of like a, a slightly a big reveal early on was that they found out that he was actually he's not noble, but his yeah. his family kind of came into it. He's not as common as he wants to pretend he is. Yeah, he he. But he, that the problem is is that Machias is totally like he hates nobles with a passion. He he wears this big chip on his shoulder of, you know, man, fuck these noble guys. They think they're all better than us. And he's always talking to Eusus like, ah, you just a, a noble prick who thinks, you know, he thinks he doesn't want to have anything to do with us commoners. And then Eusus is like, but your dad is kind of a noble. He's like, yeah, but my dad worked his ass off to get to where he is. You You were just born into it, just like everybody else. And, it, I mean, yeah, he, he, he is a prick. But I like him a lot because of just how dynamic his character is. Of, you know, he acts this way and it's hypocritical sometimes, but at the same time he feels like he has to act that way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's the character that's always fucking pissed off, but it's usually his fault. Yeah. He's the one instigating these things. And, uh, you know, I think they would have a much easier time if he would just fucking take a chill pill. Yeah. Uh, the next person on the list here is uh, Fee Clausel, Clausel, um, who is she looks younger than the rest of the group. Um, she's the one that's gray haired. She's the the, the silver haired girl. Um, silver haired kids. I don't. I don't get it. Well, it's anime. So, uh, but she. Um, she is a, a, a doesn't give a fuck person. She's a lot like Sarah. She's either sleeping or not giving a shit. And um, uh, but she's actually a very competent fighter. She's very nimble. Uh, and she basically is just like, we need to do this. And she's like, I don't really want to. And they're like, we got to do it. She's like, okay, fine. And then she goes off and does it herself. 
and gets it done kind of thing. Yeah, I thought she actually, you know, before we get to the story, I thought she wasn't actually going to join. Oh. For for half a second there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next character is uh, Emma Milstein, um, who is uh, – she is a commoner as well. Uh, and she um, she got into the academy on a uh, academic scholarship. She's a very intelligent person. She's also a very sweet person in general. And that was like the one I was like, I kind of want Reen to get with her. Because apparently you can woo women in this game. But I think I may have changed my mind on that. <laughs> just, just FYI. Uh, but yeah, now Emma, we don't know much about her. She's only talked a very, very small amount of time. Um, but she comes off as a very intelligent, but also very sweet woman. Um, yeah, and she, she reminds me a little bit of Jesse from uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, she's kind of like the Yukiko of this game to me. Slightly, yeah. slightly innocent, you know. Um. And then the final one is actually uh, Gaius Wurzel, um, who I really like. Uh, and uh, originally Gaius and Elliot, Elliot's kind of the the wimpy kid, as you put it, um, were kind of like Reen's first friends that he hung out with. Um, and Gaius Wurzel is actually from another kingdom. He's a uh, he's like a foreign exchange student who came to this academy. Um, and he's fucking huge. Like the dude's tall as hell compared to everybody else. Yeah. Um, and he finds like, he finds everything interesting because of how different the culture is where he comes from. Class doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a, if you are a ruler or if you're a commoner, you're both kind of on equal ground. Uh, and he finds this entire empire interesting and strange at the same time. Yeah, so my first impression is, you know, there, there there's a good mix of characters. I like some, I like some less. But to me, the the two that are probably going to end up having the best character arc, you know, as a random guess, are probably Machias and Eusis, just because because they're the two that are odd at odds now, and I yeah. feel like they're they're going to pull both pull one eighties basically. I agree. And the rest of them, yeah, there might be some mystery, but you know, these two to me are the the two that you clearly are like, oh, just knock it off, and then yeah. you know, they'll come to realize the error of their ways, and you know, and both be you know friendly and back each other up by the end of the game. I mean, yeah, I kind of hope it's not that simple, but that's. That's basically what I'm expecting from those two. It, that, that's true. It may be. It may be like you never know. There may be. Maybe that big cliffhanger is somebody in this group betrays somebody. Oh snap! You yeah. know, it, that, I don't know. I hope something like that crazy happens. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, Especially if it's going to be a character-driven game. Oh yeah. Then, you know, I, I want some muddier sort of desires. You know, maybe maybe there is some betrayal, some backstabbing, because you know, if it's just Reen as the good guy and these two that don't like each other, but then they do like each other, and you you know, if, if it's quite that simple, 
I think I'd pretty sure I'd be disappointed. Mm. Well, hopefully we won't be that way. So yeah. uh, we're still very early on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still feel like we haven't really reached the beginning of the game yet, and I'm like over eight hours in. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, we're introduced to all these characters uh, through basically the the first test that they had to go through um, is basically they get dropped into a dungeon by Sarah. Sarah's like, we're going to go to this old school house and uh, you guys are going to investigate it. And then she drops a trap door and everybody falls down and she's like, okay, you guys are in a dungeon now. You need to find your way out. And it's like a aptitude test to see how well they can handle themselves. Yeah. Sink or swim. And so um, the, the first thing is this is when we start learning some of the characters and stuff. And that's how we find out, you know, Elliot and Gaius are kind of, they agree with each other and they decide to join Reen at the same time. Uh, Eusis thinks he's better than everybody. So he's going to go off on his own. Machia same way. He's like, well, you know what? Fuck you. You go out on your own. I'm going to go out on my own. <laughs> I can do anything a noble can do. Yeah. And then all the girls go together too. Except for Fee. Fee goes off on her own as well. Um, and throughout this dungeon, it's kind of like the introduction. It's, there's definitely some tutorial stuff in here showing you how to fight and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's it, it's actually pretty well done. In fact, it feels a lot like Persona in that sense where you can hit an enemy while in the field stun them and if you hit them if you it, there's multiple different types of advantages and disadvantages um so you can hit an enemy straight ahead and it kind of knocks them back for a second if you hit an enemy in the field from the back it stuns them and if you run into them from the back you get a triple advantage which is your characters get to go first the the enemies are damaged and i think you get stat bonuses as well yep um and stat bonuses in this game are kind of essential. Yeah. Yeah, um, so far I'm digging that quite a bit. Yeah. So it it, it it reminded me a little bit of Final Fantasy 13, how everybody has a role. You need to use that role, you know, in order to survive. So even like regular small battles, they do some major damage to you. But if you utilize your healer, which originally is going to be Elliot, Elliot has this skill called resounding beat and it puts a stat on every character where they recover hit points after their turns. Um, and that is essential when it comes to a lot of fights, especially boss fights. Mm-hmm. And then there's other things like a uh, uh, Reen can actually encourage people and give them higher attack stat and stuff like that and it's it's really good i mean it's very complex so i guess just as a as a first question it's pretty opposite of a, of a way to structure the game to say you're gonna have a party your main character is probably going to be your balanced character and you're going to fill it out with a healer and a tank and arranged and whatnot as opposed to the type of game where you build a character from scratch and guide them through a skill tree, like Kingdoms of Amalur. So, do you see those two, one as better than the other, or just different? I think it's just two different types of games. Do, do you have a preference of the two? Um, 
I like the customization it has uh, as far as like you know, Amalore where you can just you can do whatever the whatever you want. You know, you can you have a skill tree, you choose from that skill tree what you want to do with your character and you kind of fine tune it the way you want. At the same time, I totally respect a game where it says, "Okay, this guy's going to be your tank, this guy's going to be your healer, you know, uh, this guy's going to be your striker." I mean, it's it's stuff like that. And I think um it, you know, it it works both ways. It depends on my mood basically, you know. If I'm looking for something where I have full customization, I'll play something like Amalur or like Diablo or something like that. Yeah, then if you got a Pinot Noir, you play a game like this. Exactly. Depends on my mood. Exactly. It's a, it's just a different flavor, and I, I'm totally down for this. You know, uh, it obviously Elliot is a magic user, predominantly a healer. You can kind of spec them differently. Since you can take all of the um, the crystals out of their their ability things, so they have a Arcus, which I'll explain. And Arcus is a special tablet thing that actually gives them magical abilities. Um, and each character has an Arcus. You can unlock slots in your Arcus, kind of like materia slots, and you can drop crystals or quartz inside of them, and they give them abilities. Some quartz are like Aqua Bleed, which is like a, a water blast that does water elemental damage. Or it can just be, you get plus 10 to your defense with this quartz, and that's it. So you can kind of spec your characters how you want to. And on top of that, you can actually remove the Master Quartz, which kind of defines what your character is. And you can put them into different characters. So like a, the Master Quartz for Elliot is... Um, it, it it heightens magical abilities on top of it. Um, it it boosts healing abilities. You can totally take that out of him and put it in a ring if you want to, and make ring your healer if you wanted to. But at the same time, it would be difficult for Elliot to be like a DPS kind of guy, or or a I wouldn't say DPS because it's a turn based, a striker kind of thing because he uses his his orbital staff. Which doesn't do that much damage, and it doesn't really stagger guys. Um, so it, it's weird. It's kind of like this: you can spec guys how you want to, but everybody slightly has a role. They're more out, better outfitted for this type of a role. Um, and that's another thing of the combat system: is, is staggering enemies. So um, certain enemies are weak to different types of of hits. So you have slash for guys who use swords. You have thrust for guys who use spears um, and pierce for the bow and arrow and gun stuff. Um, and uh, if you hit an enemy with that type of weakness, they have a better chance of being staggered. When they get staggered, you can follow up with an attack from another party member because they're linked together. So it's a very complex system where you can do character links with everybody with their Arcus. So you can have Reen linked up with Elliot. So if Reen hits a guy with his sword and it does slash damage and staggers him, Elliot can then follow up with another attack right away. And utilizing those links is pretty essential for boss fights and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, that, that extra extra hit every other turn adds up. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, there's a turn order. So if if you have a character who normally doesn't use that many elemental magic attacks, they have to take longer to charge before they will shoot their magic attack. Um, and other characters can go in their place while they're charging up that attack. 
Um, so there's a, there's a whole thing about character order. You can actually interrupt enemies as they're getting ready to attack, like, like, you know, cast a spell or something like that. You can knock them out of their turn order, depending on what you use against them. Um, it's a very complex system. So, uh, yeah, um, at the end of this trial in the dungeon under the old schoolhouse, um, you have to fight a boss, your first boss, which is like this gargoyle that comes to life. Yeah. And everybody's like, what the hell is this? We've never seen this kind of thing before. And that's when we learn about the, 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 the links, basically. It's a lot like social links in that manner. Uh, because you can not only do you level them up and gain experience for the links themselves through combat, you can also do it by hanging out with the person in between, you know, chapters and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, we fight this gargoyle, um, which I didn't have any trouble with. Um, so far, I haven't had much trouble with any of the any of the fights in this game. I have had trouble with one, and the reason why was because I got boned. So here, here I have a few concerns with this game. One being, since they are designating a party for me, so far, I have been using the same people in my party which makes me think when they designate new party members for me that I haven't been using are they going to be like level 5 while I'm level 10 because that's going to suck yeah presumably it'll open up though and then we can pick whatever we want and... I'm guessing that too but I have a feeling they're going to be wanting us to you need to spend time with this guy so we're going to have this mission just be with him and two other people you know, yeah. and, and I'm like, I haven't used that guy. Yeah. I mean, it, as long as it's balanced well, that's probably okay. I mean, this game came out last year, so surely to God, they're not doing the same mistakes that Persona Four did when it came out in 2008. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Uh, and uh, my other concern, which I just forgot about, so I can't remember. I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um. But yeah, we beat beat the gargoyle, and that's when Sarah says, "Okay, you guys are competent enough to handle class seven. Anybody who doesn't want to join class seven can go to another class, but everybody accepts. So yay, we're class seven, nine people in all. And um, then we go through our first free day." And uh, free days are basically where you can hang out with your friends and work on... But really just be the teacher's pet? Pretty much. Um, Sarah basically signs Reen up for a bunch of bullshit. Um, She's like, have you joined any clubs? He's like, nah, not really. I'm looking into it. He's like, yeah, well, don't look into it too much because I got you helping out this person. And I'm like, okay, who is it? The student council person. Okay. That's going to be your club. You have officially been volunteered into the student council as kind of like their errand boy. Um, and this is where we get kind of the mission structure for the game for the first time where they're going to give you a quest. That quest may be important. It may be mundane, you know, go deliver these things to these people. If you do that, you come back. Yay. Thank you. You know, and you might get an award for it or something like that. Um, but depending on the, like, 
each day you get quests. Depending on how many quests you finish, how well you complete them, and on top of that, how many other quests, optional quests you do, you get AP. And the more AP you get, the more you will rank up as a student. Um, and uh, your AP will give you perks. I know I just got a perk for something, and I can't remember what it is because I, I kind of saved and started the podcast. Um, but it's it's another system on top of systems. So like it's weird because there's so many like, like when you look at the battle screen. Whoa, hello. You okay over there? Must be on the phone. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, uh, but when you look at the battle screen, it's it's almost so confusing because you got a health bar, you got your EP bar, then you have your CP bar. Yeah, it's weird that they basically have two separate analogous magic systems just just next to each other instead of one big one. Yeah, so – Oh man, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff involved, but I'm I'm actually liking it a lot. Um but yeah, our first free day, we we then go and do a bunch of quests or a bunch of jobs for the um for the student council, but in that regard, we actually learn a lot about the town that we're in, which is Trista. I think is the name of it. Um cuz I kept getting it mixed up with Tristram, which is from Diablo. <laughs> um, but I think it's Trista, yeah. And uh, but we learn a lot about the town and the people there, and it's kind of like a, a mini tutorial. And then Reen even comes up and says, "Well, I'm glad I kind of did these because now I know my way around town a little bit." Um, and you can hang out with people, and that uh, you only get a certain amount of hangout points. <laughs> it's weird, like because it, it basically it's making time go by. So much like in Persona, it goes by day. So you know today is May twenty fifth, you know, and and you go to the next day, kind of thing. Um, but then it also skips ahead days because, well, it's like okay, next week we got an exam, so it just automatically skips to the exam, which is next week. Yeah, you don't play every day like in Persona. Yeah, you don't play every single day. Um, so yeah, um, but after doing all that, uh, she actually uh, we hand out notebooks to people. Their, their student handbooks kind of thing. Um, and this is where we get that kind of that small cutscene between um, Reen and, um, oh God, what's her name? Uh, Alyssa. Because yep. they, they both wanted to apologize to each other, uh, Reen, for, I'm sorry you fell on top of me. I'm sorry you've been a dick about it since. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And she wants to apologize for slapping him uh, and losing her cool. Uh, and he's going to give her her student handbook, and he starts to read her last name out, and she snatches it from him and is like, don't say my, that name. And he's like, okay, well, I didn't get to read it, but so that's kind of a mystery. Um, and at the same time, my my theory is I think she is a noble because everybody's making a big fucking deal about who's a noble and who's not. Yeah, and I feel like we've heard a name like Reinhold or Reinhard. I don't remember if it was one of the four big nobles. Right. But I feel like that name's already been brought up. And basically, when as soon as he read off REI, mm-hmm. figured it was whatever that name was. Yeah. Um, and my other theory is I have a feeling Reen, even though he told everybody he was not, I have a feeling he's a noble too. 
and he doesn't want anybody to know. Yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, we get we get a little bit more into what he's kind of holding back uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, we have our first free day. We learn a little bit about the people, stuff like that. But then we also have our first what they call practical exam, which is basically you got a boss fight. You need to do the boss fight and meet these conditions. And the conditions were don't have any party member get KO'd. Don't let any party member die, basically. Um and so, uh, but yeah, I didn't have a problem with that fight. Um, yeah. and it was, and it was just, it was the, mainly the first party that you had had, which was Elliot and Gaius. Um, and they seem to be the, the good, they, they gel really well together. Yeah. They're the two that aren't really offensive to anybody. They're like the good, so far they're the good guys. Yeah. The good hearted guys. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then she's like, okay, and by the way, next week we have our first field test or field exam or study, field study, uh, where you guys will go out into out of town and do tasks there. And everybody's really nervous about that because she's assigning there's going to be two groups going. And we're like, okay, who's the hell's going to be in our group? Um, and when it comes to that time, she divides them up as follows. Uh, the first group is Reen, um, Elliot, Alyssa, and Laura. Um, so you got one noble and three commoners, supposedly three commoners. Um, and this is where we get to learn a little bit more about Laura, um, which is and one of the reasons why I kind of like her a lot. Yeah. Um, because as she is a noble, um, she she doesn't come off as pretentious and she's always willing to listen and learn to other people. And she takes a liking to Reen because he uses a sword as well as she does. She uses a great sword and she's she's figuring out his technique. There's different schools of swordsmanship in this world. And uh she finally figured out who's uh who's whose school he went to. Which was the the eight leave eight leaves? Yep. The eight leaves school of sorcery or sorcery of swordsmen, uh, which is a pretty prestigious swordsmanship school. Um, uh, they say that uh, whoever masters one of the arts from that school is like a master swordsman. And she's and he says he's still a beginner, but she's clearly impressed. Yeah, she she's impressed. She says you you're holding back because I know your technique, I know where you come from, uh, but why are you why are you not why are you holding back? Why are you not using your full technique? He's like, I, it's because I'm a beginner and I feel like I I haven't amounted to anything from it. That's why I quit the school when I joined Thor's academy. And she was like, mm, I don't believe you, but okay. <laughs> and uh, like, and he, the thing is, Reen feels like he doesn't believe himself either, and that's why. And he was like, "I wanted to apologize to you because I shouldn't have said that about me being a a, a bad swordsman or whatever." And she's like, "We well, need to apologize to yourself about it," kind of thing. So it was kind of a nice little revelation there. But the first field study that we go to is um, God C- Cecile. What was the name of this place? Starts with a C. Uh, shit, what was that place? Uh, hang on, I got the fact up. I'm gonna hopefully 
it will tell me it's a, a grand market area. Mm. Uh, Seldic. Seldic is the name of the place, which is kind of like a merchant town. Um, and we're going. Yeah, I've also had a problem with that word because because it, it's the Boston Celtics, but it's like the the Celtic knot, the Celtic crossing. I don't know if it's a hard C or not. They have they even said the name. I don't know, like. It's weird because I have to bring that up too. It's jarring how this game will have voiced cutscenes for the majority of for conversations, it, but then Reen won't have voiced. You have to read his, and then every once in a while Reen will have some, and the person he's talking to won't have any. Yeah, it's so weird and so fucking jarring at times. I, I I was like, man, what the hell? Because like I, I I went through like for like an hour after seeing a cutscene that did that for an hour, I was like, I gotta look this up because I was thinking they lost the voice actor for Ring, like <laughs> like something happened, like his contract, he wanted more money or something, and he recorded like you know a, a day's worth of voice voices, and then he was like, fuck you guys, I'm leaving, and I was like, there's got to be a story behind this of why. Like some of these scenes are not fully voice acted with Reen, and I'm like, what is going on? Uh, but now nah, apparently that's just how they did it. I don't know why. That's so freaking weird and so jarring too. Yeah, I thought I had accidentally entered some kind of quick mode. Yeah. Well, we're not going to read it. We're just going to kind of speed through it. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. So, but yeah, they reach Celtic. Uh, and at the same time, uh, the other group, which has everybody else in it, um, which is five people, they go off to their own place. The bad thing is they're like, why the hell did you send you know, uh, Usus and uh, Machias together? Because they hate each other. Why, why did you have Alyssa and Reen together? Yeah, because they both were you know, were pissed off because she fell on top of them. So I don't know. It, it, but Sarah's like, don't worry, it all works out in the end. We're doing this because you guys can bond together and sort out your differences. Um, so the first few tasks, when we get there, we're going to be there for two days. And the first tasks are basically just simple quests. You know, uh, there's a monster that is barring the way for merchants. We want you to go out there and kill it. You know, or we need you to replace light bulbs. For stuff, and it's real monster, simple stuff. Monster repelling light bulbs. Yeah, monster repelling light bulbs. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because this game does give you choices sometimes. Yep. Like uh, when when uh, Machias and um, Eustace are kind of fighting, you can choose to intervene, and you can also choose who you want to defend in that sense. Um, and I don't know if that has any bearing on the story or not. It may. I'll bet it does because I picked who I thought I needed to have a word with and uh-huh. then they left. I'll bet if you had a word with the other one, then the other one would have left. Who'd you choose? I told Machias to shut his face. I did too. And then Machias was like, fuck you guys, and then Yusuf joined my party for a little while. Yeah, I feel like there would have been at least a switch there. It could have been. Just because it seemed so binary. These two don't like each other. Pick a side. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, that uh, they, they do give us some choices in this. Um, but yeah, the first the first um, the first day is just pretty much simple requests. Um, we do have that one boss fight for to kill the monster. And that's about it. Um, the uh, but the second day or going into the second day is when we have kind of a a story bit reveal. So uh, Celtic Celtic. <laughs> Celtic, whatever you want to call it, this town is like a big merchant town. There's like a big bazaar in the middle of town where people from all over the kingdom come to sell wares. And um, there's some controversy going on there. So uh, there is an imperial army that helps that's on the border. Uh, this this town falls on the border of this of kind of like an imperial state. Um, and so because of that, the Imperial army guards that town, but there's an issue there because, um, the Duke of that Imperial state has decided to raise the state taxes. Um, and this town is like, screw that. We don't want to pay extra taxes and you're just doing that to gouge us. And so they started signing a a petition and the Duke is like, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to have my army just not care about anything that goes on in your town. So you got town guards who aren't doing jack shit. And everybody's like, well, there's a monster that's like like hurting merchants coming in and out of town. Guards, you going to do something about it? No. Maybe you guys should stop signing that petition. It's this weird give and take thing. On top of all that, the Duke who rules this area is Eusus's dad. Yeah, Alborea. Yeah. And they're like, well, can't we just talk to Eusus about this? Well, he's out somewhere in another town doing another field study, so we can't talk to him about it. But there's a more pressing matter. Um, there are two merchants who were assigned the same uh, location spot to set up a booth to sell stuff. And they were assigned it at the same time and it ended at the same time. And it was the same booth. And they were both fighting against each other saying, this is my booth. No, it's mine. And we intervene and we're like, you guys need to chill the hell out. They work it out to where they both have separate booths. One of them's not happy. They're happier than the other because the one's got the ones closer to the entrance. So they're going to get a lot more business, but that, that that's beside the point. Although neither of them have any shit to sell, right? Yeah, it seems like it. Um, so the next morning, when we go into day two of of doing quests and stuff like that, we hear that there's actually some stuff going on. And we go to investigate, and in the bazaar, both those men's merchants, their, uh, their booze have been destroyed and all their stuff is stolen. And they're like, well, what the hell? And so they think both each other's done it. So they start blaming each other and starts fighting. We're trying to break it up. And then here comes the Imperial Guards. And they're like, you know what? This ends right now. Who did this? And like, they both blaming each other. So, okay, we'll, both ta- we'll take you both to jail. And they're like, what? That's not fair. And they're like, well, either you can stop squabbling and forget any of this happened, or we can take you to jail. Obviously, they both say, okay, fine, we'll forget about it. Us, 
our party is like, this is bullshit. You guys are supposed to figure out who did this instead of just, you know, kind of sweeping it under the rug and forgetting about it. And so we decided to do a little investigating of our own. And this is the main quest for this, this, the second day of our field test. Um, where we have to go figure out who actually did this. And we come to the conclusion that the Imperial Guards have set this whole thing up to make it look bad and start this whole big turmoil to get people pissed off so that they will stop signing the petition and let the merchants sell their goods, you know, under a higher sales tax. Yeah, I don't think it really would have taken Sherlock to uh, complete this investigation. This is true, which is why a bunch of high school students were able to figure it out. So, um,. We go to so we we're trying to figure out where they took the goods, um, and we're able to trick. Uh, I know um, Elliot comes through and is able to trick one of the guards into into basically admitting something they shouldn't have admitted. And like, yeah, uh, yeah. What was it? Basically, he says like because they found these bracelets. Yeah, he found he found one, one of his bracelets. Bracelet. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, d- like the other guy's trying to sell the bracelets," and then the guard says, "No, it's." It was it was the first guy who had the bracelets, and they're like, "Well, how do you know that?" Yeah, you guys didn't do any investigating. You guys just showed up and said, "Stop fighting," and then left. Supposedly after everything was taken. Yeah. So that's when we're like, okay, so the Imperial Guards had something to do with this because they knew stuff, they knew information before it even happened. So that's when we decide to do more investigating. We find out that well, the Imperial Guards wouldn't sabotage and steal stuff on their own, they probably hired somebody to do this. And so we find out that, well, there is a place where it looks like Imperial guards are kind of guarding it. It's out in the woods. It's in fact, it's a state park. Um, and they're, they won't let anybody into the state park because it says off limits. They're doing some construction or something. And then we decide that's where it's at. That's where they. That's where they've taken the goods because it's only been a, a half a day. We should be able to find these goods that haven't got far. And so that's where we go. Unfortunately, that's where I stopped because I was on my way there, and then I had to record the podcast. So, um, I mean, Matt, if you want to keep going, you can. I'm only about five minutes farther down the road than you are. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm in the park, and I'm just about. I've already. I'm in the third park part. Okay. Section, third section of the park, and just about ready to do, to do the boss fight. Gotcha. Okay. Assuming, assuming that as soon as I get there, there will be a boss fight. Right. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the prologue and first chapter, pretty much. Yep. Um, after after we resolve this issue, that'll be the end of the first chapter. So, if I want to understand, there's seven chapters in all. Yeah, plus the prologue. So, okay. Like um, eight. Yeah. Eight. So, I'm gonna we're gonna try to spread this out, but it's at least for two chapters, or try to at least. I don't know how. I'm sure the chapters will get longer as we progress. But from what I understand, this game is only about forty hours long, and I've put at least, like you said, about eight hours into it right now. I thought I saw I thought I saw a crazy number for this Did game, you? like seventy hours. I, I I asked Jay and Jay's beat this game, and he said it took him about forty hours. He said it's not as long as Persona. Hmm. So I don't know. 
But that, that's that's where we're going to end it. I do want to say we have an email, which I will read off right now. Um, uh, let me bring it up here. Yeah, how long to beat has fifty eight for 50, the main story. Fifty eight. Mm. Well, you know Jay's a savant at everything, so. <laughs> okay, got an email here from uh, Neo Shakespeare. He says, uh, "Hi, gang, Drew, Matt, and maybe Jay." Uh, Jay's not joining us on this, but hopefully he will put some have some input on this. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice if he was here. Uh, it says, "I haven't wrote in since Persona Four and decided to jump in into Trails of Cold Steel with you all. I was on the fence about this game until I read a snapshot review from Kotaku comparing some of the world building elements in this game to the Suikoden series, which is one of my favorite RPG series of all time." Uh, I'm a few hours in around chapter two, and I think I have most of the tutorials out of the way. I think I'm about to go into our first assignment. I'm really looking forward to it based on what Jay um, had previously described. First of all, I have to say I'm surprisingly more impressed with the game than I initially thought I would be. The visuals and sounds aren't the greatest, but they are not bad either and are suitable for this type of game. What sticks out the most to me is the combat, likability of the characters, and the refreshingly decent localization along with solid voice acting. Um, there are only a couple of things I still have concerns about. I already knew from the start that the story is a slow burn at the beginning, but opens up quite nicely later on. Unfortunately, I've heard it takes about 20 hours before it starts picking up, similar to Final Fantasy XIII. Knowing this in advance helps, but you still have to struggle through some tedium just to get to the good parts. Uh, the other thing is something a lot of games suffer from is just the lack of focus by overwhelming the player with a bunch of side systems and like cooking, fishing, mini games, customization options, side quests, and link development. Of all these things, it's pretty much optional and sometimes great, but I still can't help but think it's too much on top of a 40 to 50 hour game. As I get older, I find myself just wanting a decent-length, single-story-driven game with just some customization and minimal options for side quests. However, I know this is ultimately a matter of preference. Although this game feels like its own thing, I still can't help but comparing some of the elements to other RPGs in the series. Like you said on the M4G podcast, the Arcanum system is that of a modified version of the Materia system from Final Fantasy VII. The battle system is like Grandia, and a little persona mixed in. The story and characters are reminiscent of Final Fantasy Type-0 and a little Danganronpa. Obviously, the Link system reminds me of Persona 4. All that stuff aside, I'm actually enjoying my time with it so far, and it does uh, keep me wanting to come back for more. I don't want to marry it just yet, but it's still a good, friendly romp at the moment. As you may recall, I'm not the biggest fan of Persona 4, and although this game has many similar qualities, I do find myself more interested in the characters and want to know how their relationships develop. There are, There is a really weird mix of some characters being openly proud of their social class and some that are kind of embarrassed about it coming out from a nobility. Since I've started working on my link development, I've been trying to figure out who I want to develop better relationships with. Even though this element is more similar to Persona, I actually find myself comparing it more to Danganronpa. Some characters like Yusus, Machias, Fee, and Alyssa don't seem very nice or dismissive. Um, they don't make the best first impression and tend to meet everyone with disdain. For some reason, I have always uh, been more naturally drawn to these kind of characters because I want to get a better idea of why they are that way and try to bring them into the fold. 
If I could only develop links for three different characters, it would go with Usus, Machias, and Elliot. Elliot just seems like he has a great potential but needs more confidence and can rely on Reen for that kind of support. Plus, Elliot and Machias both have great area attacks. With that being said, I haven't been able to spend any time um, using the other characters yet, so my opinion might change. I have to travel to Texas for work within the next week, so I'll definitely be playing this more on my Vita. Even oh, though, nice. yeah, even though the story has a slow start, I get the feeling these characters will undergo a lot of development, and the story will get much darker as events progress. I'm looking forward to it. See you all, uh, Chad. That was uh, a really nice email. Yeah, that was a great email. Very, very descriptive, um, and I appreciate it. I'm glad somebody's playing along with us uh, to give us their thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, to me, this feels like a, kind of like a greatest hits of a whole bunch of other games. You know, I can definitely see some persona in there. I can see Final Fantasy's materia system, um, Danganronpa as far as the characters and interactions go and stuff like that. So it's, there's a lot going on in there and the, the, the combat system and upgrade system is very robust to say the least. And I should mention I'm playing on the PlayStation 3 and Matt is playing on the Vita. Yep, abroad. At the moment. Abroad, yeah. He is in England right now. Um, and that's it's kind of great, you know. They, they, like the We can play it on two different platforms and still enjoy it and, and have the same experience. And it's pretty shocking that like this, you know, had I been growing up, I mean, I guess there were handhelds all along, but this just seems really cool. Like, you know, I get home at night and uh it, it's easy you know it's got a vita sitting right next to the bed here pretty nice there you go fit it in how and where i can i wonder if this game has cross save i know it's i know it's not cross buy but i'm just curious if you bought it on the ps3 could you switch over the the save to the vita and vice versa yeah i'm not sure hmm. but yeah no i'm 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 thoroughly enjoying this game. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, how this, this story turns out. I, I think, um, there, there are some concerns that haven't cropped up just yet. Um, as far as like the leveling system and stuff goes, I hope I don't, I hope like the next assignment that we have won't like throw Machias in my group and he's like level five and I'm already like level 11 or 12 because that's just going to make this game a grind. But we'll see. Like I said, it may, may not be that way. Hopefully. Maybe they got into some boss fights on their adventure while we were doing ours. And leveled up. Supposedly they're out doing their own business. Yeah. So they're they're supposed to be out in another town somewhere doing some other stuff. So it's we'll see. It's suspicious that they did anything if he's not higher level. Yeah. I just sat in the pub. <laughs> Set up there with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's... um. But that's where we're going to end it. Um, like I said, I appreciate everybody listening. Um, and uh, you guys, anybody who is out there playing along with us, definitely send your emails because I do want your opinion on this. Hopefully Jay will be sending in some to at least fill me in on the, this series as a whole. And what we should know right now. Yeah. No, not not everything, obviously, but but what, what are the hooks and, and what about the world – do we want to explore? Will we explore that is worth exploring? Exactly. 
So, um, but yeah, so far it's been pretty straightforward uh, for yeah. me, at least. Maybe a little too straightforward. Uh, yeah, in some instances, yeah. Because I mean, like you, you bring up that little map, which is actually very good. Yeah, shows you where it shows you where you've been, but it also just shows here's an exclamation point. If you want to finish this quest, go right there. And I'm totally fine with that, but sometimes it's just like mm, it. You eventually get into that groove of like, all right, I'm just going to do quests over and over. It, again. Yeah. At least it's slightly less uh, hit you on the head than if there's just an arrow on the screen pointing you to your direction. Yeah. You know, at least you can not bring up the map until you need to. Right. Which which I like. I, this is to me, this is the maybe the perfect amount of handholding. Yeah. Because I I get real frustrated in RPGs when I can't figure out where to go. Yeah. And maybe I didn't. Maybe it's been a day or two since I played the game. I don't even remember who I'm supposed to talk to. Yeah. And I find that the most egregious sin that an RPG can commit. Mm. But. Too much handholding also certainly dips into the negative. Right. To me, this is a good amount. It's there if I need it, but it's not there when I don't want it. Right. But yeah, um, I'm I'm excited to see how this is going to go. I'm enjoying it thoroughly right now. And um, but yeah, um, if you'd like to send an email, it's Drew at ztgd.com. Um, you can also tweet to us. Uh, I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, but yeah, definitely get in contact with us about this game if you are playing along or if you have played this game because I, I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I, if we are going to try to do two chapters in between, it shouldn't be that long of a series, probably five episodes at the most. Um, so we'll see. Um but yeah, like I said, I'm I'm really excited to jump back into it. In fact, when I get off this podcast, I'm gonna play more of it. So we'll uh, we'll definitely see how it goes. But um, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. But until next time, I am Drew, and I'm Matt, and we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with more The Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel.